This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm James and I'm glamdiculous. <laughs> and I'm Keen, and I want a fair suck at the salve. Welcome to Sissy Dead Pod. We are a Drag Race recap reaction podcast, and today we are recapping Drag Race Down Under episode four, a design challenge. And joining us was the lovely drag enthusiast and podcast host Clara Kavanagh, who you might know from Summer Bay's uh, Home and Away reaction podcast, and she's been making us green with envy at all of her drag coming and goings over in the oh, UK. So unfair. Out there sitting sitting in, in big airport hangars full of drag queens and table <laughs> service. I mean absolutely disgraceful. It'll be us in a few it'll be us it'll be us soon enough. Exactly. It'll be us soon enough. Yeah, the closest thing you've got to a drag queen is your Juno Birch uh, teddy you have over your shoulder I there. Know. <laughs> but before we get into the episode you've had a busy week. I have had a very busy week and you know what I am full on exhausted from it. Uh, I can't wait to to go and spend the evening watching um watching Eurovision because we record on a Saturday. But um and 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 rest up. But yeah, it's been an amazing week as well. Uh, Invisible Threads my podcast that I've 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 loved the trailer on to use for the last couple of weeks <laughs> finally came out and the response has been just overwhelming like the it has been such a massively positive response from people and like i've been hearing from through both my work account and then just personally through like my instagram account from people who've listened to and i've really resonated with the stories and people who really like are hearing new uh getting new perspectives on like the way life was for for gay people in ireland in the past and about kind of like the need to include older lgbt people and even just people like straight friends saying about how this is something this is a tool to like really find about talk about the importance of just being yourself so i i've had such a happy week i was hopping around the radio stations like mad in in with dermot and dave and with pat kenny um on the 98 fm breakfast show i mean it was great crack altogether. and you were on with uh our former guest serena belislo as well i absolutely was we had a lovely little chat about the podcast uh, which was on her show on saturday and is available in her podcast version of her show as well if you choose to listen to it um and we we were talking about i suppose she was it was it was actually real fun really fun to talk to serena because she was asking me a bit more about kind of like why i made the show and sort of my like podcasting history and like what it was that it intro like what it was that it like interested me in the format of this way of telling stories and um, which was a really fun thing you know to to be able to chat about too do well definitely listen to the podcast i was listening I, i'd heard some already so i was listening to some of the ones i hadn't heard i loved the one with um Eilish, Eilish, Eilish O'Carroll. Carol. Yeah, yeah. O'Carroll. Thought she was great. I was like, she is a star. How do I know more yeah. about her? So yeah, there's loads of good stuff in there. Have a listen to it. But don't go there now. No, Give it no. 40 minutes while you listen to this podcast <laughs> on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under with Clara Kavanagh. <laughs> Clara Kavanagh, thank you so much for coming on to Sissy That Pod to talk about Drag Race Down Under. But before we do, do you want to share with James what you were at last night? Or what you were doing on Friday night. So, um, yes, London has reopened as of Monday. And um, I think we booked these tickets in February or something. As soon as the lockdown easing out of it got announced. So I went to a drag show. And oh, yeah, and it was, so it, was it was, I know, I feel really bad. But it was my first night out, I think, since March of last year. And like that, that well, like I've been to lockdown weddings and things like that, but like I don't really count that as a night out because I have everyone's phone number at this party. Whereas like this was yeah, a random yeah. night with strangers and table service and a show. And um, 
it was up in um, Tottenham and in this basically like a warehouse hangar so they could do all the social distancing and it was honestly the best like four hours I've had all year I am so jealous oh my god it's so unfair (laughs) sorry (laughs) and who who was performing I actually cannot tell you I don't know there was like one queen looked so like Rihanna and like genuinely Rihanna needs to know that this drag queen exists. They look the exact same. And I was, trademark issues. And they, yeah, because like, exactly, like trademark her face. I actually had to go up to her. She was outside because they're all kind of like wandering around. And she was outside. I was going to the loo and I just was, I had to stop her. And I was like, you know, you look so like Rihanna. She's like, oh, thanks, Mill. Like, obviously she gets it all the time. Like, why is this like half drunk girl telling me stuff that I don't need to But, um, the because my uh, friends who I went with Craig who booked the tickets he was like oh it's the most mediocre drag and I was like I don't care but yeah. no it was it was amazing and I think because like we hadn't had a night out in so long it was like anything was going to be incredible oh my but god absolutely it was so good and um the Rihanna one she uh did a whole sequel like mega mix to Rihanna so I think that she obviously that's her gig yeah. that's her gig <laughs> yeah. but it was unbelievable but they wouldn't let us stand up because of social distancing or so. because it's usually like people okay. dancing on tables and the security kept coming over which is kind of annoying um, <laughs> but it was like I don't know it was just like being at something live was amazing and just like clapping along it was oh my so... god no but I like yeah. that's the thing because we've had such a long time now we've been watching Drag Race on, on TV and that's really fun but like there's mm. nothing like getting out to a proper drag show and watching mm-hmm. the performers and the lip syncs and being able to like clapping politely doesn't really go with the drag thing but we'll get (laughs) used to it we'll get used to it for a few more months until we're able to stand up again (laughs) yeah we will and then because Tate the one that they did this as the lockdown eased last summer the same night and Tate and Bimini were performing at it so uh, maybe these ones are going to be future future drag race UK you can be series Series 3 I was oh my god I was actually on the tube last Saturday and I was getting off at Oxford Circus and I was getting off of the tube and this being walks by me and I was like that's Bimini and I was like accidentally was behind her like I wasn't following her because you have to go out that way yeah and then (laughs) and then uh, she was with her boyfriend like she wasn't in drag but I assume going to Soho Um, I'm just gonna join a dot there and then um the, the this like torrential rain came so like as people were going up out the steps loads of people are just stopping and waiting to to for the like monsoon to pass and Bimini was ahead of me and then was like turning back and like was walking down the stairs and I was like I have to say something and I like put my hand on her arm and I was like I love you and she was like oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yes I really wouldn't regret it if I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. So, Clara, you host Summer Bays, yes. which recaps the world of Home and Away. In terms of a possible Home and Away drag race, you know, overlap, like who in Home and Away would you say would be the best character to do for Snatch Game? Oh. Or what would you be expecting in a sort of Home and Away acting time? I um, was so upset nobody did Alf Stewart in Snatch Game. Like, and mm-hmm. you guys said it in a, in the in that episode about it, and I was like, why didn't anyone do Alf? Like Irene, I think would be harder. Whereas Alf is more like noticeable, like Stone the Flame and Crows and Flame and Glass. So I feel like Irene could be 
she's a bit harder to do mm-hmm. but I think Alf was a missed one but the way the UK one did uh, EastEnders EastEnders yeah. definitely yeah. and if they do Neighbours I will be so annoyed <laughs> I hate Neighbours the only reason like the reason I watch Home and Away obviously the better storylines but also because Home and Away it's, it's like you're watching people on a beach half naked and they're all beautiful Neighbours yeah. is like Rain. Love Island, basically. exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, Neighbours is like, it's basically just EastEnders. Like, it's bad weather, and it, it is kind of like it's like the Curry versus EastEnders. Curry yeah. is like it's sort of a bit of camp. It's a bit of fun. There's a lightness to it. Mm. It is mostly like attractive people. They find a reason to get everyone's top off. Whereas <laughs> EastEnders is just this like sort of grim grindstone thing, and that is like the the way the two of those soaps seem to have been pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I want to be living in that camp Wonderworld Fantasy. where like. Yeah, gorgeous people wandering around at surf shacks. Please, yeah. God, let me live in one of Irene's caravans. <laughs> Ireland was the first country to show Home and Away outside of Australia. Wow. There There's go. a fun fact for you. I'm sure you needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I certainly remember it was the kind of show you, gra- like, it, I remember it from when I was young. It was the show you graduated onto when mm-hmm. you became a teenager. Like, yes. that was it. Like, you know, you were watching The Den for whatever was the, the, the um, whatever the, the cartoons were at the time. But then suddenly, one day, you'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm done with yeah. you, Power Rangers. I'm done exactly. with you, at Captain Planet. I, mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on with Isla Fisher. But that's how old yeah. I am, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a rite of passage, though. It's great. Melodramatic thrills. Every, yeah. every male fancying Irish teen had a heart on for one of those Aussie hunks. <laughs> You know? I know. It's just part of Irish puberty, I feel. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just, and they're all so beautiful. It's like yeah. a writer. Yeah, they're great. And yeah. then they complain that there's so much emigration to Australia. Look what the content yeah. you're providing. <laughs> <us with Yeah. laughs> it's like the t- Australian tourism is like, yeah, yeah. this is it. This is where our funding is going. <laughs> right, well, let's get on to episode four of Drag Race yes. Down Under. And from the start of this episode, pretty much all the way through, tensions are high and it really becomes clear that this is a catty season but I what I love about the Aussies it, even though I've never been which I'm sad to say but like they're, they can really cut you down and like they're so brutally honest and I feel like why is it taking four episodes for this kind of shadiness to come out and like they should like Art Simone was bringing it I think um, but then now it's really all straight and like you've uh, Electra, who's feeling all vulnerable and then gets kind of cagey and I don't think that suits her. No. But I'm loving no. it. I am I really want all this like, um, I'm imagining, what is it, um, Jan with her shade. Yes, it with a big yes. button. Yeah. Button, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, I like, it, you're, you're exactly right. It's kind of like, why have we waited four episodes to get to this kind of, mm. where the cast are like properly all coming for each other because like there is, the Electra versus etc. kind of battle yeah. going on back and forth throughout this episode was just like it was compelling to watch. Like, mm. and then it was, like you didn't know who was like, one up. as well. Yeah, and yeah. they were both they were all going for like one up on each other. And I think I, I said this before to Keen before we started recording, but I think etc. etc. is like a drag race villain on the same level as Fifi O'Hara. Like, I think that this is oh, this is kind of like yes. iconic villainous character, and I absolutely love it because we haven't had everything's gotten quite polite for the last while mm-hmm. uh, on Drag Race but I think it's it's amazing to see someone just like being a shady bitch and owning it 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I really like Scarlett for that. Like, she's real cocky and then she's like, has no problem being like, I'm going to read you or th- when she threw um, Electra under the bus when Rue was talking yeah. to her. So like, it's like, yes, we want more of that. Yeah, absolutely. We want, and, and the- like, it's, so shady of Rue to even ask that question I know. in the first place. No, she was doing. <laughs> I feel like fifty percent of this episode was just cutaways to Queen's reactions to other things that were yes. happening in the room. <laughs> like possibly overdone, but I was still really enjoying it. <laughs> I think yeah. like my meme of the week moment was when Karen said she was to Rue, Do you know who Chappelle Kobe is? And he was like, No. <laughs> and it's just like Electra and Art being like, Okay, this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> Like, I could just see that meme being so transferable to everything. Like, oh yeah, when your friend tells you that they've kissed somebody on holidays and that it's just <laughs> those two smirking. <laughs> but I suppose a big plot point of this week's episode is they pull out the old skip full of garbage and, you know, some things deserve a second chance. And then up from the ashes rises our <laughs> And do we think that's just the producers being like, we've missed a trick kicking her out? Or do you reckon they kicked her out on purpose so that they could bring her back? Like, what do you think the, the thinking was behind that? I don't know. I, what I didn't like was uh, Art didn't have to do anything to come back. It was just like, <laughs> Here you go. I just yeah. think it sets a weird precedent being like, well, when someone gets kicked off, they might come back. Like, you know, yeah. in like the UK one, didn't they have to like vote for like Joe Black to come back? Yeah, yeah. And I just thought like, she didn't have to do anything. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 it felt super produced. And then like, mm. I already like that episode where Art went home, like Art's look on the runway that night, like <laughs> her performance as Bindi was fucking like it was terrible but her look on the runway was like spectacular it was one of the mm. best nights so she absolutely she didn't deserve to be in the bottom two let alone be the one who went home in the yeah. lip sync her li- she out lip synced uh who has a coco jumbos in the bottom two there so it just really like you're looking at it going oh, like producers are just meddling too much like yeah. we, don't, we understand you you had a recycling challenge coming up you wanted to bring back a returning queen and do this whole like everyone gets a second chance thing and you thought it would be really exciting if you sent home like a, a top contender early in the season so it all it all reads a little bit kind of like stop meddling and just let it play out this is a shady bunch of queens just like let them do their thing mm. they'll and, and just judge it according to who actually does best or, or worst in the in the challenges because to me it did feel a little bit over like it, it felt <clears throat> produced to me it felt like kind of, it would have been set up from a couple of weeks ago it's a bit yeah. of an old school drag race move like i think it's, it's season three two people came back at different points and you have like other people coming back like did Kenya Michaels come back at one point or something I don't know there's been times in the past where it's like oh someone's coming back into the competition and then they're gone straight away but yeah yeah like UK then you know Victoria had to drop out or there was like that season eight double elimination that Nasha Lopez came back Mm. so there was things that like were you know people we're a queen down we need somebody back but this just seemed to be like ah no we've let somebody go we have a double shante in the bag we'll get rid of that and we'll bring someone back yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah I just think I just thought Art should have worked for it it was just kind of like yeah or like even if it had been kind of like Art you like you either have to win the challenge or you know you're in the bottom two kind of like so there was like some higher stakes yeah. raised for it yeah. something that it didn't just feel like walked back into the room like oh yeah you did terrible at Snatch Game which is like arguably the most iconic drag race challenge it got sent home mm. Um, but we're just going to bring you back because sure why not and then it also means that you get to have missed this like girl you don't have to do this challenge you just get like advanced a step ahead yeah. it all feels a bit unfair like if I was Coco Jumbo I'd be like let me back in yeah or like um, 
Jojo's a hoe. hoe. I'm like, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I did like his, uh, earlier in the in the episode actually where Electric like sort of snapped back at etc etc and was kind of like oh you're meant to be a fashion queen why haven't you been bringing it on the runway and it mm. was just kind of like you really got the sense that because I think was it last week or the week before I can't remember someone had said something super said about etc etc that she basically in her own show surrounds herself with mediocre queens and then like outperforms them which I was like that is like one of the shadiest things we've ever heard on the show and then it's kind of like I think that etc etc isn't used to like having people snap back so you could see her look like visibly wounded when Electra kind of like actually like punched back at her and it just set up such a fun dynamic for the whole episode because there's a bit of me that feels like I don't know whether what's happening to Electra feels like bullying or whether it feels like kind of you know because as you were saying Clara they're so abruptly honest in Australia there is like the the humour it's like they are pulling no punches but you do feel a little (laughs) bit sorry for like the the pile on on poor Electra and it's good to see her fighting back but she needs to fight back more I think and to be fair Squat Scarlet said like for the opportunity she had to dunk on Electra she kind of did keep it straight up which was like she relied too much on the splits which she did like she could have said a lot more like I think her aesthetic is awful she could have been a lot worse and yeah and then I think Electra was kind of like, well, I am a dancer. I've danced with Sia and... And J-Lo. <laughs> like, uh, that's not relevant to Drag Race, so thank Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're a good dancer. You're, you're obviously, you're not a good drag queen then, is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's very, like... <laughs> I, I, I think, like, it's not in... It doesn't seem like it's in Electra's nature to be, like, this cornered rat who's, like, very defensive. No. So I just don't think that actually... While I'm loving all the shade, I don't think that actually suits her. As yeah. a personality, it doesn't seem like she's really in her element when she's where. Whereas etc. seems to be in their element yeah. in that position. They seem to be someone with a big chip on their shoulder who's constantly have to defend themselves. So anybody mentions anything, it's like say what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's her. Com- that's their comfort zone for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and they had like it's funny like they're kind of establishing them as as this big villain but then they're like let's give them the non-binary finery moment as well so that you can see their bit of heart. Uh, yeah, yeah light and shade um, yeah. and I think it's because it, like it's not really talked about you, you know it's it's nice to see that um, issue like of non-binary being talked about um, especially because like um, in a country like that we don't know about like Australia yeah. so it's nice to hear what it's like for someone in another culture for that yeah, yeah. no absolutely and I think um, what I what I was interested as well is that like we, we all fell in love with um, Bimini Bamboulash mm. and kind of you, you you saw this like non-binary character who just was this beacon of light and love mm. and, and how and wonderful they are and Ginny Lemon but then on this side it's like oh look non-binary people can be horrible too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Those... it doesn't matter how you express yourself if you're a bit of a twat you're a bit of a twat yes. <laughs> their personalities are also non-binary not just yeah. nice or catchy yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> So as you know, this podcast is hosted on the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is home to loads of other podcasts uh, from every sort of type and persuasion. And you can support us if you like the episodes, you want to keep us going and you'll get bonus content from us and from all those podcasts over at Headstuff Plus. For your hourly pleasure, we, we we are sharing a brand new podcast to the network, which only came on in the last uh, in the last number of weeks. Um, a storytelling podcast around um, called he- is a hedge hedge stories, hedge radio, hedge radio, um, which sounds 
sort of it's it's really atmospheric stories and kind of small like kind of looking at the small things that happen in life and the 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 small little tales that we all have and really exploring that kind of like small local kind of little storytelling when we're all can be sort of so obsessed with like things happening on the, a global scale on these like big massive things it's the importance of like listening to what's happening locally absolutely so i mean if you've stuck around with sister pod for that long you obviously don't mind an odd story or two tangential story <laughs> so then this podcast might be just for you so let's have a clip have a listen to this. Just to call my name and address and be sure. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio Podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks. To steal from Patrick Kavanagh. Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Head Radio Podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. Do we want to get into the runway looks? First of all, I really didn't like Rue's look this week. <gasps> Sorry. What? <laughs> the hell oh I was God. like I'm so happy I get to talk to people about this <laughs> was it Riverdance what was that Riverdance Power I... Ranger <laughs> what was that maybe it was he knew it was going to be on the same day as Eurovision and he was just yeah. throwing a nod to Riverdance <laughs> I was like this is like Gene <laughs> Butler with the Irish flag and then like the matching eyeshadow. and what was the deal with those like leg warmers oh. like what was going on with that Oh, it was bad. absolute! Like out of like I, I, she went out of her way to look like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. She had Strange. a team to make her look that bad. I, I like honestly think that is like I think that is like an iconic misstep. Like I think that is one of the first times that RuPaul has ever like I had to pause to stare at it for a minute because I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? It's like it's like say Patrick. Do you know actually this is going to say, now that I've just said that this is going to sound exceptionally shady, but it does look very like something Shirley Temple Bar would wear on a Patrick's Day performance like it, that, it had that vibe on it like 100% on yeah the, but that's uh, not the queen that Rue is like that is yeah that is exactly yeah, yeah no absolutely and then I think when like she kind of stepped out and she knew like that her dress would have a reaction I kind of felt like she had that vibe being like you're gonna think that this is gas <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy obviously those Zaldi dresses don't travel very well because I don't think any of them have made it down under <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what corner of her wardrobe she's been pulling these looks out of, but yeah, I just I just thought that was baffling. We actually have somebody on the panel this week, uh, Els Carad. Uh, oh, yeah. They're an actor. I don't know much about them. Didn't contribute much, really, other than no. good looking. It felt like they're obviously there to promote a, uh, a new movie, um, and it's weird because like usually like the banter back and forth of the judges is kind of like witty pun, witty pun, witty pun. We all yeah. laugh. Whereas this, it was kind of like right, you've got thirty seconds to pitch me your movie. Rue looks unimpressed, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like. It's great. Yeah, it sounds good. And Michelle, <laughs> you're a whore. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Like it was like they were just given their little, their thirty second window, and then it was like they didn't want to contribute. And also, I feel like with the, I know I keep talking about the UK one, but like I'm sure the celebrity guest judges are like begging and fighting, getting their agents to book them on the show. And it just mm-hmm. seems Absolutely. like this one, it's like. What studio wanted this person to come on and chat about what yeah. shite film yeah. that was? It's like, sounds great. <laughs> Next. And look, I know they're on TV and you have to give a certain reaction on TV, but I'm like, at what point will Michelle not roar laughing at being called a whore? It's like, it's I know. Weird. 20 seasons in at this point and she still loves it. Loves it. She finds it so funny. Actually, one thing we forgot to talk about, very important to address 
Why did everyone look at Anita like a big weirdo when she talked about fancying Buzz Lightyear? Very well, good point. <laughs> well, I, mean, I like, didn't fancy Buzz Lightyear, but yeah, I didn't think it was pretty I mean, weird. like, you know, I mean, as cartoon character goes, like, you know, nice jawline, we can see, assume underneath the, the, the costume had probably like a George good Clooney body. George Clooney voice, right? Yeah, George Clooney. Not George Clooney. Who was it? It was Ted, no, Ted Danson? Um, your man, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Um, Tim Allen. Tim. Allen. Tim Allen, oh, you know, yeah. I, I'm like, you know, yeah, give it to me, Santa Claus. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to justice justice oh. for people who fancy Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yes, and actually, on a, a, something else I missed, there was this thing like, did Art write that note last week or not? There was what those? a what a pointless stage prop. Like, I, I don't understand the point of that. Like, watch out. That's like something a child would do. <laughs> yeah. I just it's such a weird thing and now there's no conclusion yeah it's actually there's no conclusion and also there was no context to it so it wasn't literally just you outperformed like was it art because art seemed to be like no I didn't but then also like raise a smile and then I don't know like it it, it made no sense any of it so does that mean the producers would have known art was coming back the, f- the week just after she was kicked out and they were like oh let's let's throw in a prop but I thought if it was a producer set up thing then we'd see like this you know, CCTV footage of her like sneaking it under a, a thing of blusher yeah. or something I don't know it just had no and like it didn't even it wasn't even that threatening or like <laughs> it's like watch out it's like yeah <laughs> okay is this like a death threat are you gonna beat me up like what's the context there was, yeah. <laughs> there, was it, there was no bar of like what do you actually mean um, <laughs> I found so that very confusing very confusing yeah. right let's have a look at these runway looks so so first up was Art I actually I thought she looked a bit like Raven uh, in this look but mm. it was more like Marie Antoinette in a sort of cerise pink um, I loved the sort of kids princess tower that was built into the wig uh, mm-hmm. covered in pink glitter a great return to form yes Really good. I love the eyebrows. Um, mm-hmm. And I was... Uh, yeah, she deserved to be in the top 100%. Um, and I think the... Uh, I love the bodice when it came out and the, mm. the fact that it was short. Yeah. Um, and the thing in her hair was amazing. I was like, what is And it that? was just at the hips as well because normally those mm. sort of cages go sort of 360. So I thought that yeah. was good. Kind of, she did a great job. Because yeah. I, no, I remember like at the very <clears throat> beginning of the challenge after she'd like gotten all her crap, like she was standing there holding that like princess party palace or whatever it was mm. and I was like she's never going to do anything like, why did it give them any of that and then when I saw it in her hair I was like oh wow that's like that's really fun and really clever and the way she covered it in the pink glitter so it kind of looked like part of the wig so you, mm. it took you a minute to figure it out I thought she looked great I love the makeup I love the kind mm. of like Marie Antoinette kind of uh, vibe going on with it I thought she looked she looked fab and I think like it really was a statement of like I despite the like weirdness of the choice to like 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 the sort of out of nowhere choice to bring her back it kind of was very much like no but she does belong in the competition yeah yeah, she does. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, next up was Keita Mean uh, with her dress made of ball pools. Uh, if somebody listening to this would like to do a super cut on YouTube of every ball dress that's been on Drag Race, I'd like to see it. Because <laughs> there's been a few. I think the thing that made this one stand out was the headpiece of the blue balls and the, the umbrella. I hadn't seen that before. I thought the actual, like the balls around the hem was a kind of crystal method. I don't think it was as good as crystal method. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was good. I didn't like the boob area, but I liked the skirt. Mm. Yeah, it, there was like a weird kind of like, it was like ball pool, ball chest armor, weird thing going on. I initially thought that, that, that she was kind of doing to do like one of those American football kind of shoulder things when I oh, saw I her see. carrying it around. Oh. 
Um, so yeah, I I thought that the I thought that the dress and that ball thing didn't necessarily go together in the same look, and then like the headpiece was fun and clever. Like I thought it deserved to be safe by the amount of work that went into it, but it wasn't one of my favorite looks of the evening. No, and like. Yeah, I, I was kind of thought she might be in the bottom with it. I don't know. I just didn't think it was. Yeah, I thought like I, I Etcetera's think... outfit was better than yeah, Etcetera's outfit was definitely more more interesting. I had when I saw it come out first for Etcetera, Etcetera. I saw I I thought that she was going to be in the top because I thought yeah. like I kind of I kind of knew the fashion illustrations I'd seen like kind of them before like that kind of like nineteen twenties goddessy kind of things with those weird lollipops lollipop ladies fashion yeah. ma- lollipop lady but make it fashion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was a dream catcher i think was it yeah but i i saw that and i i actually thought that she was going to be in the top i get what they mean from like the waist down it was just kind of like fabric ha- fabric hanging but like i just i thought it looked really good yeah, yeah at the and- start i i i felt the same i was like oh, this is quite good i thought it was quite different for etc we hadn't seen them in that way before Again, I thought they looked a bit like Alaska. I was like, I just keep seeing all these doppelgangers today. But but, but she went uh, when Rue was like, yeah, it's very rumpled and unfinished. It was like that's a bit harsh. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was yeah. like oh, it's not that bad. I felt like she. Yeah. Was, they were talking. They were seeing something else to what I was seeing. Yeah, and yeah. then I suppose for me over time. With somebody like Scarlett, where I kept noticing small details or even art, I didn't notice that tower until they were standing still. I was kind of like, okay, there's probably less detail to it. So maybe that's why. Whereas I think yeah. there's probably more work in ketamines, but it did look good. Like it definitely wasn't bottom two material anyway. No, no, no. And the lilac was gorgeous on her. Yeah. Really gorgeous. And I actually love how Rue is way more vocal in this. Um, Very much. Like really, I don't think, like in the season 13, she wasn't saying half as much as what she's saying. No. She just lets the judges talk. Whereas this one, it's like rumpled and unfinished. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Jesus. You're a terrible drag queen. Yeah. You'll never make it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose she knows she's going to be flying off home, whereas she has to walk around LA with all the previous contestants to try to reach the US. And she's terrified. After that time, Willem came for her in the street. Like, you know, Jesus, she's terrified to leave yeah. her house now. <laughs> uh, now, I have to say, the biggest surprise, pleasant surprise of the episode was Maxi Shield. I was expecting it to turn the corner and be like, God, what is this? It was fantastic. Yeah. She should have won. And I'm so annoyed. She should have won. You're I'm absolutely so annoyed. Right. She absolutely should have won. That was amazing. And we've seen like a lot of those kind of like, I, we have seen a couple of those like Ikea bag things because like Davina DeCampo did her like iconic one as well mm. on the first season of of, of Drag Race US or Drag Race UK. And like she just looked phenomenal. And the second she joined her in the corner, you got that like Vivian Westwood. Yeah sort of reference instantly with like the hair and everything and all the like the, the spray paint and the punkiness and then it really worked well with her tattoos and everything yeah. she looked unreal like that was brilliant yeah really I think she was robbed because I think like Scarlet's was good and the shorts were like innovative but it was just I don't know I felt it was kind of a bit plain or something yeah like it was it was a fun idea the like picnic thing the 40 thing going on but by comparison to kind of the like Maxi gave like a character and a performance yeah. with it and there was like a hard edge to it and it was really interesting to look at and you know it was a whole whole body thing where so Scarlet was a little bit insipid I faint yeah like she made it like those bags sexy like it was yes you yeah, know, and I like the spray. I love the spray paint and even mm. the tights. Like, they were so well thought out. And I, I know Scarlett was as well, but I just thought there was more to Maxi's. And yeah. I think well, Maxi is such a dark horse. I thought yes. Maxi was in the like Electra side of things. 
and I think she's gonna be yeah I, I I hope we're I hope that this is the beginning of an upward trajectory for Maxi because the last mm. couple of weeks like the the last couple of weeks I've been a bit let down because I don't know like, like there, it, it is terrible like when a big queen comes in you, you kind of automatically attach like oh you need to have a huge personality and be really funny like that's mm. what your role is you're kind of like the Darien uh, Lake model I, and Maxi hasn't really been bringing that so it's a sense of like not missing things but this week I think you know I love the talking heads for Maxi and also really love this look yeah yeah She's really had a few good. wins recently, which is great. And like mm. you said, I really wanted her to win. Mm. And I thought she sh- she was going to win. And then I said no to some of Scarlett's look. Like when they showed her again coming out with the massive basket, which I missed last time, which I was like, oh, that's really fun. That's really good detail. And then I saw she had grapes as earrings. And I was like, okay, there are probably more kind of nice details. And it's probably mm-hmm. more thought out. So I can understand why it wins a design challenge. But I did really love Maxi's too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, she's my favorite. Scarlett has a bit of a Gigi Good energy. She does mm. have a yes, she very much does. Someone extremely self assured who mm. seems to, by all like, seems to have the goods <laughs> to to actually deserve perhaps some of the the like you know uh, very sort of self satisfied energy that they carry themselves. With. <laughs> uh, Karen went for that character of Chevelle Kobe. It was off the rack, off the rails. To I gasped. I was like, "Are you serious?" Uh, uh, like, yeah, I, 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 disappointing. Like, doesn't even cover it. And it was like a dress up. Look, like one of them judges was it? Um, Michelle was like, "Yeah, do <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so, that's exactly what she looked like. On, uh, on yes, the, oh. I, I. It was it, like it was like it was by far the worst thing on the runway. I, I was like. Like it had no like what what even what was it like I, I <laughs> this horrible skirt that she was she was going to the same hideous skirt convention that Anne Hathaway was going to in The Devil Wears Prada and, and like the top didn't <laughs> the top didn't even fit her properly it was weird it was it was like just clothes from like someone's wardrobe like it wasn't she didn't yeah. make anything <laughs> yeah I think she spent the whole time making that doobie but it was just like a bit of like it was just a bit of like fake or plastic plant wrapped up in like a little a little like sheet or something I I, I mean I don't know Chappelle Kobe from Adam but she's basically like a Michaela McConnell sort of style character right right? so I figure I was like you know how how would you do how would you make her drag I don't know like um, handcuffs that have been broken out or something like that or I don't know like there's probably more things she could have done to make her more fun and campy yeah and I just think like if Rue doesn't know the person and you have to explain it. Rue's not going to get it when it's on the runway. Like, and it was really just, overthought yeah. with this. I'm going for my Justice for Snatch game by going for a character that I didn't get to do. Yeah. And I, like, I just think Karen had such a strong start that I'm like, have you run out of gas or like gusto? Mm. It's yeah. like, I'm because I, I re- oh, like, firstly, her name is just unbelievable. But like, yeah. I just think uh, she like definitely is one of my favorites and she seems like she's really nice or whatever. And I love her nails. But I just think she's been really disappointing. She she has. She was one of the, like, one of the, the, the well, herself and Art, I think, walked in there with maybe the biggest, like, reputations and the biggest yeah. sort of, like, existing fan bases outside of it. And I think for Karen, there's even a bit more of a <clears throat> pressure because 
so much of that like attention comes from like the a lot of the American queens mm. had been referencing her and talking about her on their different shows so like she had a big kind of like big boots to fill before she walked in and she she's kind of been hit or miss like her, her snatch game was a bit dull her entrance look was amazing she's been very funny in the talking heads and I just feel like she missed the brief so much on this yeah. because it like it wasn't like a create a character challenge it was a design challenge yeah. build a look out of this stuff and mm. You know, I understand what she was talking about, how it could be easier to be like, all right, this is who I'm going to emulate. Therefore, I'm going to try and make a costume that this person might wear. But it needs to be like, it, it can't look like you went into fucking pennies and like picked it off the, the sale rack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was terrible. And mm. we see her in Untucked be like, can't wait for the comedy acting challenge. But yeah. at the end of the day, you need to be good across the board. You can't just wait for the challenge you're good at to excel. Yeah, mm. but also the same thing. You could be like, right, well, the comedy acting challenge is essentially what Snatch Game is, and you didn't really do well in that. Come on, Karen. Come, Come on, on, Karen. Karen. You're better we'll than be, this. We'll be issuing your P45 if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> Electra was up next, and I loved the big wig and the dress at a ties. This was definitely like a glow up for Electra. Um, mm-hmm. I think she probably deserved to be safe just because she was probably like the fourth best, but it was really, really strong. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the hair. I wasn't so keen on the... Like, I loved the idea, but I felt because obviously all the ties were, like, different patterns that it was a bit kind of, like, all over the place to look at. I thought it looked like it was made really well. The dress looked like... Like, the colour of the dress was super good. I loved her big hair and that. But I don't know. I found the clashing patterns kind of... Like, I don't know. I just... It didn't... I, I didn't like... I didn't enjoy looking at it. But yeah, I'm glad it, that she was it safe wasn't a while. she deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that she was safe though because I think she's had yeah. such, she's had a rough week. She deserves it. She deserved she deserved an afternoon TLC, off. Yeah. It's funny because I saw her pull out that sort of clump of ties, and I was like, God, I wonder what a dress would look like if it was made out of ties. So you imagine oh. they go side by side and they'd come like in a sort of spiral down the body. So then when it came out, I was like, Oh, now I know. <laughs> now, I know. now if you're on Drag Race, you can make one. <laughs> Um, Anita with her book Burning Princess the first thing I clocked was it had no shape but it was again it's a look that's been done before a bit like the ball look but it's a look that's been repeatedly a fail before like Bob the Drag Queen's attempt as well I don't know no Uh, Vinegar Strokes they just (gasps) that was terrible yeah (laughs) sorry no, you it like was, you were you were you were you were, right. you, were, was you, were <laughs> you were literally playing with fire when you're burning books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I like yeah no she did she didn't look good. The whole thing was a bit of a mess. Yeah, um, and the VHS thing, or it was making her arms all dirty. Mm. Yeah, and I was then I wasn't sure like I wasn't able to tell whether that was like meant to be part of yeah. it, like whether there was like like and then I was like, well, why didn't you just like really put the, the black on your hands and have it coming up your arms so it's like meant to be like like this fire not even a fire i suppose it's like burnt whatever wood or whatever it is or burnt paper but yeah like there was a, there was a, a lot she could have done to maybe sell it a bit more and like i didn't understand like the like the book on the tape was meant to be like some kind of a was meant to be a commentary on modern media who knows <laughs> that's wishful thinking right that's, not, that's not what came across yeah. i do have to say though the looks in this episode were stronger than in the first episode and they made them themselves which yeah. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but it was <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are very talented, I think. The the like for a design challenge, I think they all did pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. Um mm. so Art, Maxi, 
and um so Maxi and Scarlet are the tops. Then we have etc. Karen and Anita are in the bottom and then Kita and uh Electra are safe. I agreed with that. Yeah, I was I think that the top kind of there was a couple of people probably knocking about the top that could have been in there as well, but like Art, Maxi and Scarlet all did look fantastic. I think when it comes to the bottom, they're really like it was a two horse race, like Karen and Anita were like so much separated <laughs> that like it kind of was just like the look of the draw who ended up being the third person. And it probably was no harm that etc. got a bit of a kicking to maybe yeah. She was asking you know, for critiques. There you go. <laughs> Don't be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be I careful ju- what you wish for. Exactly. And I just think it's so weird when they like chat to Rue and then they're like, well, I haven't been read. Like you, have, like you haven't told me what you think yet. And it's like, yeah. well, that's your problem because you're still always safe. So it's yes, like, you need exactly. to do better. And I think Rue's face said it all because it was like, you, yeah. you, you know it, what you should be doing. Like, <laughs> so maybe she put her in there on purpose. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, to give her the bit of give her a bit of feedback that mm. she was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I did like in the little untucked bit when like you know etc had that like massive hissy fit and kind of like focused oh. in on the fact that Keenamine was um was safe even though like there was like rips and tears in the like you see this an awful lot with queens where they start like second guessing the ju- like the second guessing what the judges have decided and start trying to argue why the judges were incorrect to put them in the place and it's like it never it's never a good look because like it doesn't matter all you're doing is making yourself look bad in front of the rest of the queens accept the position as it's been judged and then just try and you know figure out how to like win the lip sync if that's going to be it because all of that I think like her coming for ketamine in, in in that place was just sort of it just felt really in bad like bad blood like unnecessary yeah. bad blood especially when you have Anita and Karen standing up there being like we're gonna lip sync that's fine we're a piece of scrubs to our best and etc who's pretty confident they're not gonna lip sync is like yeah well you you look, look at that headpiece looks disgusting like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take this off my head before it drains any of my great taste that got yeah. me in the bottom <laughs> very strange um, so unfortunately Maxi isn't the winner it's Scarlet uh, but also well deserved Maxi and Art go are safe and then it's Anita and Karen who are lip syncing and on that announcement Karen dabs that was like <laughs> was I mean that caught me so off guard I was like did that actually happen or did I imagine that? Just, it doesn't really suit her character. It was so random. No. <laughs> I like it though. Again, that was my second memeable moment of the episode. And it's like, you know, yes. when you find out you've insufficient funds in your bank account, dab. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like that's when she won the lip sync, to be honest yeah. with you. Because nothing she did after that was particularly mind blowing no it, like it's sort of it actually I kind of even until you said it forgot that it had happened it was like I just had like committed it to like like invis- like deleted it from my memory it was entirely. a bit of an outer body experience really to be like yeah, yeah. so what just what? happened what? like I haven't yeah. seen a dab since like 2014 I was like whoa yeah. I forgot what they were <laughs> didn't know they'd survived the pandemic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the lip sync song is two weeks late. Uh, Danny yeah, Minogue's so I Begin to Wonder. Where was that we two were... weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, I had a theory at the time that they couldn't clear the, the rights to it. Mm. I don't know whether this proves it or disproves that theory. But yeah, I mean, it's either poor production or something. They, yeah, something's gone wrong. Production error, yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought the lip sync was absolutely miserable. 
<laughs> oh my god it was so miserable it was long it's like when like, is this gonna finish Karen was I, I was like they're both so shit I don't know who's gonna survive this <laughs> I, yes sorry I was Honestly, like watching I, the clock I, I, no I exactly <laughs> it was so bad like Karen was performing the entire thing with that kind of like pained fake smile you know when someone's like oh, I'm gonna take a picture of you and you get into smile ready pose and then they take the phone they're messing around and you can see that like the, the like <laughs> Like there was no actual joy in her face no, at no. all. And she had maybe one moment, the like weird pressing moment and then like the kind of yeah, go across the stage. But yeah, that sort of gallop she did yes. sort of like to the left and then she just turned around <laughs> and galloped back to the right. <laughs> <laughs> but on the meantime, Anita dared to do a fucking roly-poly with the hands. I was like, come on, this isn't like kids in a kids club down in Albufera yeah. this is drag race lip sync for your life don't be doing roly polies yeah like, <laughs> it was very disappointing and it's like is this your first lip sync like if you do you know what you're supposed to do here <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't inspire confidence in going to either of their shows like it no. wouldn't make you think oh no. my god I need to go to a Karen from Finance show because I'm going to see some killer like stage galloping you know <laughs> <laughs> and dabbing <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly D- da- the dab and shuffle the, the, the signature <laughs> because <laughs> before we got into lip sync i was like okay the producers and i mean people like and don't like when you talk too much with the producers but i was like okay the producers have bent over backwards to keep a big player in the game in the form of art simone now they're facing with two of the two people who've already won challenges karen and anita in the bottom two what how are they going to bend around this how are they going to get away with it last week we were like oh anita top finale definitely she's such a front runner and then they let her go it's it's very confusing how this is going to turn out yeah it's kind of like anyone's game i I, i'm really disappointed about 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 anita going because well i didn't think karen would go i don't know but the i just think anita had way more to give and like Electra will definitely go next week I assume so it's just like the week when it's annoying when there's weaker queens there yeah. and then you're losing you're losing a really good queen that can actually go much further yeah yeah and we felt this way I think with with Drag Race UK series too as well when you see Cherry and Astina and Joe go and you see people like yeah. Sister Sister and Ellie survive and you're like oh, enraging <laughs> I did say I think my, one of my favorite exit lines for a while was Tell me, is yes. it too late to talk about All Stars? <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah. about to say that. It's so good. I'm like, yeah. yes, Anita. <laughs> well, Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find Summer Bays and what have you got coming up? Um, so, Summer Bays is on all your podcasting platforms and it's mm-hmm. on Instagram, uh, Summer Bays Podcast. Um, and, and that's wait, Bay yeah, with an E, right? But yeah. B-A-E-S um, and the episode I did on so it comes out every Friday and it's just like recaps the, the weekly trials and tribulations highs and lows but the episode that just went out on Friday is so there was this like attempted murder of this doctor by a nurse they have this like ongoing feud and it goes from like like um, handbags and glad rags into he's now strapped to a hospital bed in an abandoned ward and he's he got injected with this like poison so it just went from like zero to a hundred and it was like what was that really necessary and like (laughs) usually when I record like I'll record the little segments 
about like each of the different storylines and like usually they're like eight minutes on each bit <laughs> this little segment was like 25 and I was like how am I going <laughs> to the episode's supposed to be 25 minutes I was like how do I chop this <laughs> so. You know, I do. Th- I feel I, I, I'm getting into the series now. It's been a it's been a hesitant start, but I feel I'm into it now and I'm invested. Yeah, I feel like I am kind of watching. Like I'm frustrated by the the like overproduction that's happening mm. around the kind of like sending people home and 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 you know like putting people in the bottom for different reasons. Like I, I'm finding that annoying because I think it's like a really talented cast who have like great dynamics between them. I'm loving the shadiness that's coming out through all of them and that kind of like bitchiness that we don't really and haven't seen on Drag Race for the last couple of years. But it feels like it's a bit in shackles of kind of like a producer-driven storyline. So I wish they'd just, you know, ease up on that a bit and just let the queens do what the queens do and see how the chips fall, mm. you know? We don't, you don't need to have decided who the winner is at the beginning. Just let it all work itself out. The thing is, all these shows are producer-driven anyway. They're just not doing a particularly good job at hiding the fingerprints of it, you know? That is that is true because like art going home and coming back was like art going home was a shock, but a shock that I didn't believe. And then art coming back was kind of like, all right, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, One thing you know, that I keep forgetting every time I watch it is how close they sit to that back wall at the main stage. That Rue is basically like touching the wall behind him. He's so close to it. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. I'll watch it next. Rewatch it. You'll see their shadow. The one thing I keep noticing is about how Rue has his like little corner shop set up in the corner of the the workroom that all the queens have to go over to. So it's like him and his little kind of like you know. Come on up, guys. Next customer, please. Get some advice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back with you next week for a marketing challenge. and We always know they can be very hit and miss. Who knows what that's going to be. I think they're advertising some yeast products. So yeah, it's going to be strange. Have a lovely week and we'll chat to you then. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.